I'm not happy with what I did. I'm not happy that I treated Christ so cheaply. I am blessed that I have the experience that I had and God let me walk through them. So I can come out the other side and be here and understand that while I am saved and I am debt free of my sin, it didn't come at a cheap price. Has Jesus transformed your life? If he has, then I want to share your story. My name is Kelly and I'm a new Christian who has been through a full heart change recently since I truly accepted the gospel. A huge part of my faith transformation was hearing others' testimonies. Now here I am, ready to share yours and keep the good news spreading. On this podcast, I will read your submitted stories and have you on to share them yourself. My goal is to give back in hopes it helps others grow in their faith. Welcome to Tell Me Your Testimony. Hi friends, Kelly here. Just a quick note, some topics discussed may be sensitive to some listeners. I keep the language clean, but there are adult themes involved. Please be advised this podcast is for adult audiences only. Thank you. Now on to the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Tell Me Your Testimony, or if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad that you're here today. So today, I actually have Danielle, and she is going to be sharing a little bit about her past and how she has grown in her walk with Jesus. I also wanted to mention that Danielle provides a really beautiful service for moms with children that are in the hospital for various reasons, cancer any type of illness that has uh, long-term care in the hospital. She likes to provide a custom-made basket made for the moms there because, as you'll hear, she can understand what the parents are going through. So I wanted to make sure to link her Instagram down below, and you can always send her a DM. If you know of any moms who are in that situation and you would like to get them a custom-made basket. That's something that she likes to do. So now I'm going to bring Danielle on to share her testimony and I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, my name is Danielle. I'm here to share my testimony today about how I walked through life with Christ and how he's met me where I'm at and how at some points in my life I didn't really even notice that. But I think we all go through that in life. I've seen Christ all throughout my life. I, I could say that for a fact. Whether I realized it or wanted to acknowledge it is another story. But I think we all go through those those times of uh, wanting to acknowledge it and then him just making you. The first time I, I saw Christ in my life was with my little sister, Grace. She was born when I was six years old and she was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And her surviving it was a God thing. Her making it past her first birthday with a 20% chance of living to her first birthday was a God thing. <laughs> um, her being completely irritating and living down in Texas with my little nephew is a God thing. So I haven't been able to deny Christ, but I have definitely walked through life feeling like I wasn't good enough for Christ. And I think we all walk through a season of that. In fact, it's such a lie from Satan that we're told repeatedly, oh, you're not good enough. Or oh, you know, you can never come to Christ like this or that. And then the lie is, oh, well, you did this. The next lie is after you accept Christ is, oh, now that you did this, you're definitely not good enough. And I've walked through those lies. And let me tell you, it's funny how Satan can use people, places, and things, and even your own self-doubt against you. And that's what I'm here to talk about. And even though I've had Christ in my life and leaders that worshiped Christ 
through Calvary Chapel and Harvest and other places that I sought Christ, I still found a way to doubt myself and live in sin. And I don't believe that our discipleship saves us. I believe that God's grace saves us all about what Jesus did, but I didn't understand that walking through life. I actually had a lot of trouble finding that up until probably about four years ago. You know, it's, it's amazing how you can have the truth right in front of your face and not have the truth at the same time. That was my story. I was shown repeatedly the wages of sin is death. And, you know, we all want to have a, a repentant heart. We all want to grow our discipleship because Jesus was not a cheap price for us to pay. You know, he wasn't he wasn't cheap. Jesus' God's sacrifice of his son was not cheap. And we don't have license to sin. It was a complete liberty, one that we shouldn't take lightly, which basically begins my story. I, I saw God again all throughout my whole entire life. And I don't think it's something that I probably could ever deny. I believed in God, but I didn't know that was enough. So I lived a life of sin. And that was from fornication all the way to abortion. My abortion was not my choice. If I could go back and redo it, I would have fought harder and said no, but I didn't feel like I could say no which really led to more self-doubt and me feeling like I wasn't good enough and a journey of forgiveness, <laughs> more abuse, honestly. But that's not where my story ends. And it's not where anybody's stories has to end it. My story ended on the cross with Jesus and me finding that. And it's a, it's a beautiful understanding that knowing that our sin isn't the end of our story, that Jesus is the end of our story. He conquered all. He conquered hell, death, and the grave, so we wouldn't have to be in that place. That self-doubt from the things that I experienced to the things that I did, I never felt good enough. And I, I always told myself, well, I know Jesus loves me. He died on the cross for my sins. I, I'm not good enough for that. I, so I'm going to go live the way I, I want to. And that's when I got myself in trouble because it, it wasn't the lifestyle I should have been living knowing Christ. Again, we don't have a license to sin. It's a complete liberty. It's not something we should take lightly. And I know I'm repeating myself on that, but I really want to drive that home is that our discipleship is a huge part of our relationship with Christ. And it, it can really falter if we're sinning and do we do it on a daily basis? Yes. We have 70,000 thoughts a day on average that we have. And, and those are sins of omission and commission and, and things that we don't even recognize we're doing. We're to take every thought captive, but 70,000 thoughts. <laughs> It's, it's amazing. So my self-doubt crept in and I, I really didn't know who God was because I really just listened to it. I didn't pick it, pick this up. I didn't pick the word up. I didn't pick my shield up. I didn't pick my armor up and put it on me every day. And boy, do I do it now. Totally different, different story for me right now than it was four years ago. I always felt like, okay, a man's going to complete me. Not, okay, God's going to complete me. I always looked for the next relationship. And I believe that stemmed from also just a lack of attention that I got as a child due to my sister's illness. Because it was a battle. It wasn't easy what my parents walked through. And I don't hold them accountable for feeling the way I felt. It's just something I experienced. And so I looked for satisfaction in men. And it wasn't drinking or drugs or partying. I, I was never the one to go out and do those things. But I didn't find satisfaction in God. So basically, I'm a, a walking, talking machine <laughs> of a carnal life. And it's not a path you want to walk down. I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. And I thought a man could satisfy me. I ended up marrying a man that was part of the LDS church. And I was going to commit to that lifestyle. And I'm com completely skipping Emery which is my daughter that I lost due to abortion. But I really want to explain how a carnal life and a man doesn't satisfy you that Jesus does. He was LDS and I was going to commit to that. And that is 
not a lifestyle I want to choose to live. And today he is still, I don't, he wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he's LDS, but he does not have a relationship with God. And it has been a struggle because now I'm unequally yoked in my marriage. And it's something that I'm fighting through and praying through on a daily basis. And not that my husband's a horrible man. It's just, we're not on the same page religiously. And it is heartbreaking. I want the younger single people to understand from somebody that's living it and somebody that's lived it that enjoy your singleness. Don't rush into a relationship. Don't think a man or a woman's going to satisfy you before God can. And he's our all in all. You have to find comfort and solace and satisfaction in him first before you can ever be anything for anybody else or have anybody be anything for you. So I guess that's where my relationship ends with men. And right now I am in the waiting. I'm waiting for my husband to turn to Christ or and waiting for, you know, a close chapter to my marriage. I don't know what's going to happen, but I certainly don't want to stay in a season of unequally yoked. So it's huge prayer. But so if you guys are out there, pray for my marriage, pray for Josh. <laughs> Although I do find the fact that Joshua means God saves as a promise from God that my husband will be saved. So, um, and I'm holding fast to that and I'm not giving up on a vow because when you make a vow and a commitment to God, you better be holding to it because you made that promise to God all through Leviticus and, and numbers and, and, you know, really the Torah part of the Bible, you can see people making vows and promises to God and what, what happens when they don't. So, and, and God is still God today, yesterday, and tomorrow is still the same. So I'm, I'm keeping my vow on my side and being prayerful of what my next steps are for that. And I guess I can go back and rewind and talk about Emery. I was 20 years old when I lost Emery. And I was dating a boy that I wouldn't say I was in love with, but I thought I was in love with. And we got pregnant because we were fornicating. And I had God in my life, watched God in my life. And oh, this is a harder topic to talk about than I thought. But I chose this. I chose to be with him. I chose this lifestyle. And I was like, well, he's a Christian. He goes to sandals. His mom's a nurse. And we ended up being together intimately. And we got pregnant. And he didn't want the child. And the sad part is, is he compared it to getting a dog or a cat, which really threw me off. What really tempted me to go that route was the fact that he was going to be abandoned by his family. And he manipulated me with that. And he also, I told him, well, if you want to have that done, you have to pay for it. And I went along with it. And my poor mother begged me not to do it. She, she told me I would regret it. And one of those, you know, those old adage, you know, listen to your mothers, they know best. Well, she certainly knew best. And I should have listened to that because I kicked myself in the face for it a lot. And I had to own that I did choose to have an abortion and I had to bear that and cope with it. And it's not something you ever really let go of until you give it to Christ. It's not something that you ever really heal from until you realize that, you know, Christ died on the cross for that, which again, it's experiencing that loss of a child that way and realizing that Christ gave up, God gave up to Christ for us has some really interesting windows to my abortion because knowing that pain shows me how cheap Christ wasn't God and that how much closer we should be going to him. And it didn't stop there. After that, I felt horrible about myself. I didn't feel like I could go to God. I didn't feel like I was worthy of God because I was also told that my discipleship mattered, but towards my salvation. I was never told in my church, come just as you are. Not that Calvary wouldn't say that, but there'd always be this underlined stigma of be good enough. And I don't think they meant to present it that way to people. I think it was just, that's what I experienced and I heard. And so that's what I leaned on. And I honestly thought it was just a lie from Satan now that I look back on it. And boy, if I knew better, I think I would have done differently, but I didn't. And you know, in some ways I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't be who I am today. And another thing that people should understand is that we don't learn and grow 
in our successes, we grow in our failures. And that's why I think we have our consequences in our sins. So God can mold us and shape us. You know, our faith has a refining moment. It has to go through a fire. You know, a diamond doesn't sparkle when you pull it out of the dirt. You have to, you know, heat it up and and shape it and form it and mold it. And like the potter's wheel, you know, you get a clump of clay and you have to mold it and pull it and twist it. It's the same thing. And I think that's what our consequences of our sins are. And I think God has the grace and the mercy on us to forgive us, but he also has the understanding and the justice to let us walk through it to experience those consequences so we grow. And I, I'm so happy that I'm not happy with what I did. I'm not happy that I treated Christ so cheaply in my walk, but I am, I am blessed that I have the experience that I had and God let me walk through them. So I can come out the other side and be here and understand that while I am saved and I am debt free of my sin, it didn't come at a cheap price. It was very expensive. The blood of Christ is very expensive. And I think my message here today is just that he loves you and you don't have to be ashamed because he took that shame for you. And he nailed it to a tree and he called it salvation and he conquered hell, death and the grave. And he came back and said, I did it for you. And that that's not the end. It doesn't have to be the end. And the reason why he says it doesn't have to be the end is because it's your choice. You get to choose. It's free will. God gave it to us because he loved us, not because he wanted to control us. And that's what I learned from all this is that he loved me and he still chased after me and my own free will and my own selfishness. And boy, was I selfish. I'm still selfish. I'm still learning to be selfless and working heartily to everything I do. My marriage comes with, you know, extra baggage and from another marriage that really impacted this one as well. And it really made me take a look at myself and realizing that I need to focus on what Christ has for me and not what other people think of me. That's a huge one. I think we all walk through worrying about what people think of us, especially in our faith and stepping out and speaking out, especially during this time with the huge, you know, cancel culture movement. It's really devastating to be living this. And then the fear of our children with the school system and the LGBTQ community and be prayerful in this season, guys, because it's, it's sad. It's sad to watch and it's, it's sad to think about. And it's, it's, but we, we don't put our trust in the world. We put our trust in God. We don't put our trust in what we see. We put our trust in the unseen, like Hebrews 11 tells us to, and how God tells us not to lean on our own understanding and learning that. <laughs> I'm always learning something from him. Isn't that funny? I guess that's just my message. I think it was short and sweet. It's, it's really interesting how you can have God your whole life and have people loving God and surrounding you your whole life and really not know the love of God until you really walk through it. And it all my life, he's really shown me, okay, the wages of sin is death. Look at the wages of sin is death. You need to trust on me. You need to trust on me. It can't be you. We can't, there's two ways to get to heaven. We can live a perfect life. And when we get to heaven, we say, okay, go ahead, Jesus, move over. There's two of us now. I don't think it really works that way, but <laughs> I mean, basically, or you can trust on Jesus. And I, I don't think any of us can live that perfect life and tell Jesus to move over. And why would we want to? It's just a reminder that this is where God has us. And this is where God wants us of, uh, of trusting him and throwing it down and laying it down. It's funny how God helps us more when we throw it and lay it down. I have a lot to say. I just don't know how I want to say it. I, 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 the beautiful part is at the end of the day is we get to look in our Bible and see John three sixteen, and we get to look in our Bible and read Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and first Corinthians one through five, you know, all these different Bible verses that show God's love for us. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. You are saved by faith through grace, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works. I mean, 
I love that we're saved for the good works. The discipleship is just as important because that's where we learn and grow. But what saves us is God and, and what he did. And it's all about what Jesus did. That's my message. <laughs> it's all about what Jesus did. <laughs> that's, that's so good and super important to remember because I think like you were saying, there's there's so much out there that can confuse people who are in some type of church or just how, you know, they, they grow up like myself. I didn't understand the gospel until this year. I continued to sin. I didn't care what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I felt like I was living a, it was like a double life. Cause I would, you know, say I was a Christian and until my, my husband actually confronted me and said, Hey, how's your salvation? I didn't think twice about it. What your message is, is really good. And it's, it's something that is really simple, but a lot of us don't get. Well, and that's the funny thing about salvation is it's so simple that we stumble over it in our walks with Christ. And it's just like, and it, it's nice to pause and take a moment and be like, okay, where am I pra- placing my trust in? Yes, I go to church. Yes, I pray. Yes, I pray before meals. Yes, I do everything heartily unto the Lord. Yes, I read my Bible. Sure, I do devotionals, women's groups, you know, church functions with my kids. Great. A, B, and C is done. But the most important factor is the foundation and the rock that we stand on, which is our salvation. You know, it was really interesting because back when I was 13, there is this man named Lance Cookin, who's a pastor of Calvary Chapel, La Habra. His daughter, her and I talked about her and I, I asked her, I'm like, what sign did God give you that made you really want to believe? And this is when I, I was 13. I just was really inquisitive. She goes, oh, it wasn't a sign. God's salvation has always been enough for me. And I never got what that meant until about four years ago, but that always stuck with me. It was something that it just really got implanted in my head. And then like, well, wait, what do you mean God's salvation has always been enough for you? What do you mean God's salvation? Because it's never our salvation. It's God's salvation. We didn't go put ourselves up on the cross. Jesus did. It's God's salvation to us. And it's our birthright through Jesus. We're first sons of Adam. We're born into sin. And then we become sons of God and daughters of God through our belief and our renewal of life through Jesus. And it's so funny because we can stumble completely over that and forget whose salvation it is. Because it's like, like you said, your husband even asked, how's your salvation? (laughs) Well, yeah, if it was ours, it wouldn't be that great because we'd be trusting on our own works, right? God's salvation, it's not ours, it's God's because he did it. And it's all about what Jesus did. And it's so funny that we stumble over that daily and people stumble over that. And it's really sad to see. I think it's, I have to reread. I know this is where I need to go reread. The people come in before Jesus and they'd say, Father, Father, I cast out demons in your name and I did these things in your name. And God says, well, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, the simple fact is they're saying they're Christian and people worry about that. But what they're not understanding is that these people are telling God about what they did in their own flesh and their own works. They're not saying I trusted on your son. We're all going to be asked what we did with Jesus in our lives, whether at the, we're at the Bema seat or we're at the white throne judgment. I pray to God that nobody has to go to the white throne judgment. I, we all go to the Bema seat and we get to be with Jesus, but we're all going to be asked that question. What did you do with Jesus? Did you trust on my son? At the end of the day, that's that's the call for for salvation right there is is trusting solely on him. And it was funny because I was listening. I work nights right now because <laughs> my husband and I, we have five kids together. So it's to make ends meet. And I was listening to a Bible study on the way home this morning at 4 a.m. And he was talking about the specific thing Chuck Missler was, and it was 
amazing. It blew my mind. And I said, okay, that's what needs to be stated is that it's God's salvation. It's not cheap. Our carnal life, while we are saved, if we believe in Christ, sinning is a liberty. It's not a, a, a right. We shouldn't be treating it that way. I don't believe in works righteousness, but I do believe in becoming more righteous and becoming more heartly and, and becoming more close to God because we don't get close to God in our sin. It separates us from him. And that's honestly, that's the true death is separation from Christ. You know, we're all going to live eternally, but where are we going to be in that eternity is the question. That's all, that's all a decision, a heart decision. And based on what people want, that's something I'm praying for. I'm looking at the world right now and people are just blatantly worshiping Satan. If you look at Texas and the Astrodome, that was crazy. The LGBTQ community. And it's so funny, people in the Christian community also get very upset with the pride symbol. And I honestly just laugh at it because they're mocking themselves because what comes before the fall, right? right? Yeah. Right. And what did Satan have when he fell from heaven? What knocked him out of heaven? Pride. Mm -hmm. So they can go ahead and be proud of themselves all they want, but they're, they're running to their, to their own destruction and they're using the rainbow God's promise (laughs) after flooding the earth to state that. And if you just put the pieces together a little bit, you can smile and say, okay, this is God through it. Just look at God through it. I remember standing in a grocery line the other week with my daughter holding her hand. She goes, oh, mom, what does the rainbow mean? Because she saw the rainbow flag. And I said, oh, mom, oh, well, honey, that's God's promise to the world that he would never flood it again because we condoned the sin of people being homosexual wasn't completely the problem. The problem was is that we condoned it. And I said, they're using that as a symbol, but really it's God's promise to the world that he would never flood the earth again. And somebody got outraged that I was teaching my child that. And I said, well, hold up. First of all, it's none of your business when I'm teaching my child. That's my business. And I'm not going to allow you to shove your beliefs down my child's throat when I already know the truth. You know, I just walked away and And I said, you know, people sometimes are so convicted that they don't know how convicted they are. So they feel hurt. And my daughter's very capable of understanding what conviction is because she says, mom, I have a conviction. (laughs) She's seven. And I go, okay, what's, what's your conviction? She tells me. So it's like some people just feel really, really convicted in their heart because they're hurt because they are separated from Christ. And we don't, we don't hurt in our sin when we're doing it. We hurt after because we feel the separation. Some people don't know how to process that because they don't know Christ and they don't know who he is. And boy, we can all live in it. Even if we're the most perfect person in the world, okay, which that was only Jesus, we can still be tempted into sin. Look at how Jesus wandered the desert and Satan tempted him. You know, even Jesus had to walk through temptation. Did he, was he tempted? No, he, he used the word of God to fight it. And that should have been, that should be an example to us today of how we should be walking when we're in our temptation. So, you know, I leave little Bible verses up around my home, <laughs> reminding myself, okay, this is a temptation. No, I don't want this. Do I need this or do I want it? And, you know, that's another like thing I keep on my phone is when I go grocery shopping, I keep a Bible verse on me that reminds me to like only shop for the things I need and be heartly and be responsible and do everything to God. And I, I, that's what I'm, I don't know. There's so much I could say here. <laughs> I, I honestly have learned so much in the last four years by just throwing myself at the, at the bottom of the cross and, and laying down my life. And it's really funny. You think dying to yourself isn't, is turning away from your sin, but dying to yourself is accepting Christ and knowing who saved you. That's dying to yourself. That's truly dying to yourself because you're not trusting in your own self to get you from point A to point B anymore. 
you're trusting in Christ to do it for you. Yeah. And I was just looking up while you're talking, uh, John three, it says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And even that statement can be so confusing to people. They're like, what What does that mean? Even says it in this verse too, that Nicodemus was confused. And I was very confused too. And until I was actually saved, when I truly understood what the gospel meant, the freedom of that, the peace of that, overwhelming. Yeah. And it it makes you want to do better, be better, be kinder, be patient, all the the fruits of the spirit. And it's Mm -hmm. so hard to explain, but you are a different person and you want to be as far away Mm -hmm. from who you used to be as possible. And of course we will never, you know, perfect like you said we we all still struggle we all still Mm -hmm. sin still but I think that guilt and that shame that comes from that is definitely from the enemy to halt us and not be an example of Christ towards others because we feel that that guilt that shame that bitter bitterness that anger it stops the process of making disciples and sharing the absolutely because that's because that's his biggest threat yes that's his biggest threat is that us worshiping God and bringing others into the fold. Uh, that's, a, that's Satan's biggest threat because then he's proven wrong, you know, and he wants yeah. to thwart God's plan. You can, you can see it all throughout the Bible. Even today, if you look, Satan's still at his work trying to thwart God's plan completely. He hasn't stopped. He's not going to stop until he's chained up. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah, it, it can be, people can, can take that and saying, oh, well, how do I be born again? Is it, by doing X, Y, and Z. And, and it, you know, it's really just simple being born again is recognizing, okay, I'm a sinner in need of the savior. And I came to this place where about four years ago, where I said, okay, God, and he told me this clear as day. I'm like, I can't do this. I know that I should be living a Christian life, but I can't do it on my own. And I finally heard God speak to me and say, oh, well, that's the point. That's completely the point. And he took me through the story of Moses and the 10 commandments. And he goes, don't you realize the 10 commandments were there as a shaving mirror? You know, like, have you really, you can't go in a bathroom, a discount store or a gas station and see a pimple on your face. You have to get in front of a mirror and look in the mirror and be like, oh yeah, I have a pimple on my face. That's what the Ten Commandments were. And then Jesus came to fulfill what, what the law could not fulfill. The, the law could only show us our sin, but it couldn't save us from our sin. And God knew that. And God first wanted us to show us that we were sinners in need of a Savior. And then he did the saving. And that's the beautiful part about God is he doesn't just save us and say, okay, all your mistakes are forgiven. <laughs> Go keep making them. He goes, no, no, no. Let me show you, let me show you your mistakes. Let me have you understand your mistakes. And then let me show you how I save you from them and grow you in them and walk with you through them. Honestly, that's, that's my whole testimony is that regardless of how I decided to treat God or didn't treat God, God has always chosen me. God has always led me. God has always grown me. God has always brought me to where I needed to be, not because of anything I did, but because of who he is and because of his grace and mercy, he gave me what I didn't deserve. And he gave me what I, sh- he didn't give me what I did deserve. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, that was definitely bestowed upon me and all of us. And it just, it takes a simple uh-huh. choosing. Yeah. I was, I was going to say um, that a lot of people can confuse works and like the whole religious thing. And it's, it's not that we do works to get saved. It's because we are saved that we want to do mm-hmm. works. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest difference. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then that leads right into showing how expensive Christ was, because when we finally step back and realize, oh, this isn't it. God made relationship, not religion. He did give us a law through Moses, but that was him trying to show us our relationship with him and what he wanted to do for us because of us Mm -hmm. and what we were born into. And it leads back down to, oh my goodness, this was not a cheap price to be paid. This was the most expensive, elaborate gift that we could ever be given is an inheritance and a salvation through Christ. The fact that we have a God that will wrap himself in flesh, come down from glory, come down from his glory seat. Not even a king would do that and humble himself and be meek like God did. And then to die for our sins while we ridicule him and spit on him. And he still loved us enough to choose us and then and then cry out, forgive them for they know not what they do. We certainly did not know what yeah. we were doing and he knew it. And it just makes me want to be even more forgiving towards people that wrong me or hurt me or, or show me cruelness because I spat on Jesus every single time I sinned and wanted to live a carnal life. Even if I understood it or not, I still spat on him and he still was there with open arms like the prodigal son and the father, you know, but yay. I'm so happy. I got to talk to you about all this stuff. This was fun. This is cool. I appreciate everything you shared. Um, I know a lot of things that people share are hard to relive and hard to talk about. So, you know, anyone that is brave enough to do that, I just applaud you for because it's not easy. (laughs) It's also hard to uh, get over that fear of, like you said in the beginning of what people may think. That was something Mm -hmm. that I definitely struggled even in the process of making the podcast was, it was a big hurdle of like, what are people going to say? Like all that, it just almost Mm. stopped. It almost stopped it. And uh, you just have to, you have to have that peace and that knowledge that God is there. And those opinions ultimately don't matter because what you're doing is, is right. You know, sharing with others, because my prayer is always that any testimony that's shared is going to reach at least one person to uh, either grow their faith journey um, or maybe just open their Bible, just get a little bit closer to him. So important right now. That's so important right now. And don't let anybody stop you because we don't grow in our complacency. We grow in our discomfort. And God doesn't, God never said, okay, sharing the Bible and the word is going to be easy and it's going to be comfortable and it's going to flow out of your mouth. Like, he didn't say that. He said it, people are going to mock you and scoff you. People are going to, you know, persecute you in my name. And if they do, I'll look at your blast because that's what happened to him. I I had to learn that in my own marriage. It was unfortunate. I'm going to save face for some people because I'm not going to talk horribly about them. But there was a person that uh, my husband had to be affiliated with. And he went and told all my in-laws that I was a prostitute. And boy, if there's anything that's going to humble you faster than <laughs> than anything, <laughs> that's it. That wasn't true. That was a lie. I didn't live a perfect life. I didn't wait till I was married to have sex, obviously. I, I did fornicate. This person definitely did try to use it to hurt me. But I think it's because they're so hurt because of what they did. And I forgive them because I see they're hurt and I hurt for them. And I understand that what they did to my husband and other people because of their actions hurt them and they have to live with that and how painful it is to be responsible for something that they did. So I just see it as that. And um, I try to have a forgiving heart towards this person and knowing that that's what God would want me to do, but more so I want to do it for God because he did it for me first. So people are going to say what they're going to want to say, whether it's true 
or not. And you just keep on with your ministry because this is beautiful and it's going to turn into something beautiful. And look at the gift that God is giving you for doing this. It's something you should definitely cherish. Such an opportunity. And I, I'm excited to be a part of this. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I just want to add quickly what you were saying is uh, I hear this a lot right now is that hurt people are hurt people. And that is, is so true. And so anytime I, I hear or see that around in our world, I just, my heart breaks for them. Cause I mean, I used to be bitter like that too. And just mean and, and I was hurting. That's the truth. I was really hurting and I took it out on other people. So yeah, I just, good thing to remember. Do you have, do you have a favorite Bible verse? <laughs> I already shared it. It's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Oh, I talked to you. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Well, we must be sisters in Christ. <laughs> yeah, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, uh, for we are saved by faith through grace and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. And God, did right there, he doesn't want us to boast in what we can do. He wants us to boast in what he did. And that's what the beautiful part is. And you lean on that and you hold on to that because that is your salvation. That is God's salvation for you. That is his plan. That is his destiny. That is his hope. That is his will for your life. And your purpose begins at the cross, not at what you can do, but what God has done for you. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I swear that was not me. That was the Holy Spirit just now because I got chills every, every yeah. single time. Every single time the Holy Spirit speaks through me, I always get very cold and I get yes. goosebumps and I'm yes. like, whoa, I was like, okay, hi, you are real. <laughs> three and one gotcha got it okay that's my favorite verse because that was God showing me no 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 you can't do it that's the point you can't do it and I couldn't do it and I thought oh man I'm treating God so cheap no I'm not I I can't do it so I'm going to trust you to do it God and that's basically what I told him he's like that's kind of the point <laughs> there you go you get it now <laughs> that's the point I, it was a long road coming here and seeing that but I saw it and I get it and I just want people to see it and get it that the gospel isn't based on a bunch of rules. It's based on a love letter from God to us. It's based on, on God's love for us and his mercy on us and, and what he wants for us. He didn't want us to go in the garden, eat a dang apple and be here. He wanted us, I don't even know what that fruit was. I, but he wanted us to be whole in him completely, always. That's what he wishes for us. And you're not going to find that in a party scene. You're not going to find that in other people. You're not going to find that sometimes even in a church. You're not going to find that in a, a strip club or a mall or selfish desires like a Louis Vuitton bag. You're not going to find that in a man. And I thought I would find it in a man. And boy, was I wrong. I just wanted love. And that's not where love is. You're going to find that love in Christ. You're going to find that agape love, the most extreme form of unconditional love ever is agape love. And that starts with Christ. Anybody in singleness or walking through a time of, of wanting a relationship or wanting, I encourage you to seek God first, give it 30 days. And if you still want those things, pray about it a little bit more. How about that? 90 days? How about that? Yeah, 90 days. <laughs> give yourself 90 days. I, that's my rule of thumb. But typically, if I really want something, I'll wait 30 days, right? <laughs> I don't know. But that has been like huge for, for me right now is discipline because there's tons of things I want. I want that Louis Vuitton bag. Like who doesn't want the Louis Vuitton bag, but it's more so what it represents. It's, it's more than what it represents. Okay. It's, you can look a certain way and show yourself off. It's fine, but it's more than that. And I feel like that's coming kind of coming up chopped up, but what I'm trying to say is it's more than that because it takes more 
to say no to something in life than it does to say yes at times, even to your own selfish wants and desires. It comes back to being everything heartly in the Lord now. Louis Vuitton is a great brand, but it represents what represents the world. It doesn't represent our walk. It doesn't, not that I'm saying don't go buy the Louis Vuitton bag, go buy the Louis Vuitton bag if you have the money. But if you don't, be heartily, save, wait, pray, ask, seek. And those things, God wants to give us the desires of our hearts, but he wants us to have him be the desire of our hearts first. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I don't, I just don't want to be too chopped up there. No, so. I th- no, I think it's about your the heart of what it is because some people could be convicted of a Louis Vuitton bag because it triggers them into obsessing over money, materialistic things. That's and it's different. Yeah. yeah, it's totally different for everyone. We all have different convictions and different mm-hmm. paths. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a good point to talk about though. Yeah. But the best thing is that it's not a condemnment. You know, it's not from the Lord or the Holy Spirit when you're being condemned. When you're being convicted, that's when you know you're growing in Christ. Yeah. Like, because that's when the heart change happens. Because it yes. doesn't just like, you don't just flip a switch and then you're like, oh, I'm a whole brand new person. And some people, that's great. Discipleship and how you walk with God, it's all a gift from God and it takes time to learn and grow and mold, yeah. you know? So, yeah. the sanctification yeah. process. I, I was really lucky to have a really quick change. It was, it was not everything that I'm at right now and I'm still you know developing and learning but it was right. an is an instant peace uh just totally felt the holy spirit just knew i was actually saved like i did all that and it's beautiful in that way but um it does take time to learn and i had so many questions still i'm still learning i'm still like how do i live my life <laughs> so it's an ongoing process too for sure well if you yeah. have time i mean seek the word when you're listening to anybody you know mm-hmm. rightly divide the word I was always taught that when you read the Bible, if you're given scripture verse that you read 20 verses ahead and 20 verses behind it. And if you don't have 20 verses ahead or 20 verses behind, you read the next book or the follow the previous book. The person that I love listening to, and if you have a chance to listen to him, his name is Chuck Missler. He's already gone home to be with the Lord, but he has some amazing different podcasts out there, especially on YouTube. And he goes down some rabbit holes. So hang on, but he can educate you about everything in the Bible. He's amazing, man. I wish he was still around, but he literally, I I can't say enough about Chuck Missler. I wish I could have known him more. My parents actually followed him up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho before they got divorced. And that's a whole nother story. He's amazing. And Kelly, I'm encouraging you to go look him up because he's good. You'll, you'll like him. Thank you. I appreciate it. And not glorifying him in any way, but man, he's really taught me about Christ. Another one is uh, that I really love, and I hope people don't hate me out there for this, but Tim Henderson, he's great. Watchmen on the Wall 88 on YouTube, he's great. And it was so funny because I started watching these YouTube channels by these men. I'm like, well, I'm just going to play around with Tim Henderson and see what he says and and really research what he's saying. And I took out my Bible every single time he talked. And he was dead on, lined up with what I learned and understood of the word. And then I, I watched another guy and I'm like, okay. I'm like, God, give me a sign that these men are correct. And they both started talking to each other and became friends on YouTube. I'm like, okay, that's confirmation. That's great. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. And then Barry Scarborough, he came on. He's another good one. Um, he, they're all part of the faith community and they all just ended up being friends. And I was also praying at the same time that God would give me confirmation of these people being faith believing and understanding the gospel and leading yeah. people to Christ. Yeah. And boy, was that confirmed when they all lined up and you know, there are some things that they don't agree on, but they're not heaven or hell issues. I think we need to think of as Christians is that we're not all going to line up with the same thing with the Nephilim or the rapture or whatever. We're not all going to line up with that truth or, 
or believe all the same little details, as long as they're not heaven or hell issues, one of us is going to be completely surprised and one of us won't be. And as long as we're trusting on Christ, we're good. And we don't need to bicker over the small no. things because that's what Satan wants to do is yes. break us up as a church. Look yeah. at all the division that we have right now, Yeah, I mean, even in our own churches. And I've kind of backed away from church just simply for that reason, because it became less about Christ and more about a social event. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure God would be storming into our churches right now, just like he did the temples and knocking over our tables because he, he would not like this one bit because it, it became about ourselves in some churches and that needs to stop. And hopefully if any pastors are listening or anybody listening from a church one day to this, just do an evaluation of your people and your congregation and really look yeah. at it and break up those clicky groups and, and help your people flock back together as a body. Cause that's what we're supposed to be. Well, there we go. And then maybe I'll come back to church. How about that? <laughs> well, I, I pray that you find a good church. I'm, I'm very blessed with the church. I, I go to, it is very biblically sound. Yeah. It's just, it's everything that a church should be in, in that way. And, um, so I'm, I'm really, really lucky to, to be there. And I, I pray that you find a place cause they, they do exist. So I'm trying to tell you is like, yes, they're out there. But yeah. Oh, I believe they're out there. Oh yeah. I I know. And I know I don't need to be spiritually homeless. I'm just very careful with it because now that I found the truth, I don't want any, I don't want to be, but that doesn't mean I don't fellowship. I I have Bible studies with my dad. I mingle with people I trust that are in the faith and I keep it simple right now. And you know what? Plus with COVID, it's just like, how much more do I want to be exposed? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just careful with yeah. with where I go and what I do right now. And I, I think that anybody can use that. And I'm not using it as an excuse once I find a church and I, I feel led to go, I'm going to go. And right now, I, if anybody is at home also doing the same thing that I'm doing um, to tithe, I, I tithe to the Koinia house or crisis pregnancy. And I, I just pray about it. And where God tells me to donate my 10, I do. Yeah. That's what I do. I appreciate you sharing everything. Yeah. And it was, it was great talking to you. And like I always say, it's, I'm honored. I'm honored that you trust me to share this. I hope that this helps someone out there walk closer with Jesus, open their Bible, share it with someone. Um, that's just my prayer for this. God be glorified for sure, because people need to see God's glory in this time for sure. Yes. Praying for everyone out there. And I was actually talking to someone earlier this week. We were mentioning the, the concert, and one of the things that I said was that as devastating as it was, it hopefully can open people's eyes to seeing true evil. And mm-hmm. and when once you see that evil, you can kind of look at the other direction, saying there's got to be good, and we're yes. not we're not just random people floating around. Like there's actually something else going on. Well, so that's know, my prayer for that. It's really funny, and I'll just say this to anybody that doesn't believe in Christ. It actually takes more faith to not believe in Christ right now than it does to believe in him. Prophecy right now is jumping off the pages of the Bible, and for one prophecy to be completed, it'd be like taking a billion quarters, filling up the state of Texas with billions and billions of quarters, taking one quarter in your hand, dropping it from a helicopter, landing down in Texas and finding that exact quarter. That is the chances of even one prophecy coming back, the fact that they're all coming the way Jesus said they would and how they would come is mind boggling. And if you just sit down five minutes, look at one prophecy, look it up in the Bible, you'll see God's hand in things. You'll start to see. But I mean, that comes with your own people's own time and their own encouragement of, you know, what they want to do. 
but it, I mean, God is more than just prophecy. He's, he loves us and he gave us these signs and prophecies so we can see him and feel close to him where we're at right now. And it's not just technically the end of the days We're we're going to go to a wedding feast. We're going to go have fun. So, you know, if you want to believe in Jesus, you can come with us. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it crowded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get it crowded. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, thank you so, so much, Daniel. I, I appreciate it. And um, yeah. yeah, feel free to reach out back to me on you know, Instagram's where I'm at most of the time we could chat and I've been making a lot of great friends and that's another that's way to fellowship too for sure even if we don't live close to each other at all it's, it's been such a blessing and um, God has definitely helped me overcome my fears with social media in that way and it's just it's just amazing so oh yeah yeah social media can be, social media can be a different beast huh that's yes sure. yes yeah thank you mm -hmm. so much I appreciate that With this podcast, I also want to make sure that everyone listening hears the gospel. So if you're listening and you've heard the gospel, but you're not really sure what it means, you've grown up in church and you've heard it preached, but the words kind of just go in one ear and out the other, and you haven't really experienced a true change or have a heart for Jesus. So I want to give you a summary of what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. And yeah, it is definitely good news, and here's why. God created man in his image. He made us to worship and to be in full relationship with him. Everything he created was good. And then man sinned by disobeying God's command when Eve ate that fruit in Eden. Basically, they thought that they knew best and that they could figure out the rules for themselves and they could take it from here. If you have small children, do you notice how they disobey at such a young age? No one teaches them that. This rebellion is a part of that fall from Adam and Eve and it's basically a curse and God created us to have free will so unfortunately this is what they chose because God is so glorious perfect and just he cannot have a full relationship with a sinner as he intended Romans 6 23 says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so hang on to this for a minute I'm going to take you through why the Bible is so important and why it's the living Word of God throughout the Old Testament you will find that man is constantly sinning God gave them rules and the Ten Commandments to live by one of the ways they atoned for sins was to sacrifice a spotless lamb but of course they would sin again and have to do this over and over again God made sure that his commandments and rules would be followed by the Jewish people over time and he preserved his words in the Jewish Torah over thousands of years a few hundred years before Christ came he let the prophets of the Old Testament know what he was going to do about the sin problem they stated that God would send his son to save the world and this was also preserved through time now when Jesus came there were many Jewish people that did not like what he was teaching. The religious leaders of this time, they did not have a heart for what he was trying to do. A lot of the people misinterpreted the prophet's message that the Messiah would free the Jewish people from oppression and specifically at that time the Roman Empire that was ruling over them. But that was not God's plan. His plan was for Jew and 
non-Jewish people, also known as Gentiles, to be saved and to be a part of his kingdom. When Jesus was crucified, his last words before dismissing his spirit were, it is finished, meaning that he was fulfilling the prophecy that he would die. He would be the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, to take on God's wrath for sin for everyone that believes in him. He was fully God and fully man. He was always there throughout time. Basically, he took the punishment that we all deserve. Now, we have all sinned. Every single one of us. Nobody is perfect. Even as young children, we lie, we dishonor our parents, and that is still a sin in God's eyes. No one is exempt here. God took it upon himself to solve that problem, to let us be in a full relationship with him, and when we are in a full relationship with him, the gifts that he gives with that are so amazing. One of the things that Jesus said before he descended into heaven was that I am going to send a friend to you as promised. That friend is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity. He is there to remind us that we are never alone. He dwells within us. He guides us. He protects us. He gives us peace when we dwell with him. And if you look up the fruit of the Spirit, that will help you understand what he does. Most of the world has heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. We're all sinners. God solved that problem by sending Jesus. And he requires us to trust and believe that he is the Messiah and to make it known to others and to walk with him for the rest of our days. And I promise he will never fail you. We also must turn from our sin or in other words, repent. We walk differently than how we were before knowing Christ. And these testimonies should show how amazing and freeing his grace is. One of the most beautiful things that I'm learning is that God's promise for full redemption of all creation. He promises that all believers will live with him as first intended in Eden. He will wipe away all sin forever, no more tears, a new heaven, and a new earth forever. And you can find this in Revelation 21. I hope this helps make sense of what the gospel is. I encourage you to read the New Testament, maybe use the Bible app if you don't have a physical Bible, but there are tons of resources there to help you understand. Please get in the Word. There are a lot of Christians out there that are self-proclaiming that they have not read the Bible. I was one of them. I never touched it. I didn't get it. Now I cannot get enough of it. Another thing that is so important to realize is that you cannot gain salvation by doing good works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. The reasons why Christians do good things is because we are saved, not to be saved. So if you're stuck in that thought that you have to constantly redeem yourself, Jesus died for that. He is the one that did it. So because you're saved, you want to do good things, not the other way around. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith not by works, lest any man should boast. Jesus also simplified things for us. Because there were so many rules, actually over 600 rules in the Jewish Torah, he simplified it with this. All of the commands are so simple. Love your Lord your God. Love other people as you do yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this encouraged you to get in your Bible. If you have not read it in a while, reach out to a church maybe and get plugged in. It is so important to walk with others in this journey. We are not meant to be alone in our walk with Christ. I also want to leave you on this note. When you're reading the Bible, think of this. The entire Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. Read it with that perspective and I promise it will change your life. Psalms 105.1 says, Give praise to the Lord, 
proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. I hope that these stories resonated with you. There is such a beautiful power in what Jesus can do in our lives. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at tellyourtestimonypod at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at tellmeyourtestimonypod and reach out there. If you enjoyed today's podcast, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review as it helps the show get recommended to more people. And of course, I appreciate you sharing it with your friends as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll be back to share more testimonies next week. God bless.